0: Welcome to the Piracy Impact Podcast, episode number 10. I'm Michael Goff. And I'm Jason Swan. So Jason, really interesting interview today. Speaking with Rafael Amaral from Casano Leonardo's in Brazil. Just coming off the heels of speaking at our customer event in Paris. Another podcast recording that you did in Paris without me. What's up?
1: Yeah, it was really good. Really opportunistic. He had just got off the stage. Ton of energy. I kind of forced him right into a conference room and said, hey, let's keep this thing going. Our listeners would appreciate this, not just our customers and prospects, so it was uh, it was entertaining.
0: Yeah, and he was definitely in the zone. He used a few acronyms. Pop quiz, Jason. Let's make sure that our audience here yeah. for the podcast understands these. He mentions SCG. What's SCG? Software Compliance Group. It's a partner of RevuLytics. Do a lot of revenue recovery for us. Correct. Work hand-in-hand. Hand. So, when you hear SCG, that's who he's talking about. One other one that was a little bit new to me. AP&C.
1: Yep. Anti-piracy and compliance. So, of course, Raphael's in a room with you know, folks that are in the industry, across the globe, already have programs, so these things kind of flow a little freely. Our audience may be a little more broader for the podcast, so good to point that out.
0: Yeah, and, and I thought I had been around for a while and would would pick up on acronyms. <laughs> I, that one went right over my head, but at 5'4", these things happen all the time. Um, I should also point out that we had to bleep him a few times. He was not being offensive Instead, he mentioned some client names we thought in the interest of privacy and confidentiality would be yep. those out. Yep, again,
1: talking freely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the, I thought the most interesting part about this was when he starts talking about ISP data.
1: Yeah, so his presentation, you know, at somewhat of a request uh, from the audience was to really talk about how do you expand the programs. So, you know, piracy is one component of noncompliance and getting data having actionable leads is really the difficult component. Who are we going after and what sort of evidence do we have? And he is positioning growing that uh, data set and the actionable leads to go after by attacking some of the uh, internet service providers. So he goes through a whole exhaustive approach to that, which is very successful down there in Brazil. And his uh, law firm has had um, a lot of positivity in that program.
0: Yeah, this is a great interview. So let's get right to it.
1: Welcome to another edition of Piracy Impact. I am your host, Jason Swan. We are once again broadcasting from Paris, France, where Revulytics has been hosting a customer event. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Raphael Amarel from Casnar Leonardos. Raphael, how are you today?
2: Fine. Excellent. Thank you.
1: So Raphael, do me a favor. Give us in our listeners a little background uh, on your firm, if you would.
2: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for the invitation. It's been a great pleasure to, uh, to be here in Paris, to attend this uh, wonderful conference, and uh, to be able to really meet up, not just other you know, partners, law firms, but also, and most importantly, uh, some of uh, SCG's clients, which is very important to uh, really show uh, the work that we've been doing in all you know, our countries and et cetera. So it's a great opportunity. Thank you so much for the invitation again. Absolutely. All right, so, um, Casino Leonardos, what I can tell you is the following. The company um, was founded uh, 100 years ago, so uh, we're turning 100 years this year in September, and uh, we currently have 22 partners. I am one of the uh, 10 uh, senior partners of the firm. I am a lawyer, and uh, we current Full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> So, we uh, currently have about 230 plus people working in three offices, Rio, that's where I'm based, Based, uh, we have an office in Sao Paulo, and mm-hmm. we have a, a small branch in the south of the country in Porto Alegre. Um, we do pretty much all things uh, related to intellectual property that covers uh, patent prosecution work, uh, trademark prosecution work, uh, designs. And, of course, litigation and, uh, of course, as well, uh, APNC programs for uh, different clients, not only in the software area, but also we cover uh, music, libraries, mm-hmm. uh, catalogs. We've been working very hard with uh, and for uh, some movie studios, also in the APNC programs. So um, that's pretty much what we've been doing over the last 100 years. Yep. And uh, when it comes specifically to... Specifically to Software compliance, Um, we do from A to Z really. I mean, Mm -hmm. we investigate uh, people or companies that are using illegal uh, copies of our client's softwares. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes for certain clients, we have access to their uh, platform. So we are able to generate the reports. We read the reports. We uh, investigate a little bit bit more uh, in order to get some um, background information about the companies that have been using the software. Uh, it's very important as well before we initiate any kind of negotiation we try to get a sense of how financially healthy is the company so we get credit reports and so on so we do the investigation work or we get from for example Revolytics and software compliance group we get reports from the companies um, we do the negotiations. I mean, we send a, a season disease letters. And uh, when it's not possible to negotiate and to come up with you know good um, agreements, a settlement with the companies, we are forced to escalate the, ca- the cases to uh, litigation. So uh, we shift. I mean, we move the case from our APNC group to the litigation group mm-hmm. in order to prosecute either criminal or civil actions against uh, local companies. So that's pretty much... Um, what, what we have been doing for um, software publishers uh, okay. in our country.
1: And, you know, I talk to a lot of different software vendors around the world, different law firms, and really anybody in the compliance space, and you consistently hear about the brick companies, or the brick countries, I should say, uh, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and there seems to be, you know, this uh, you know, mythical representation of what's happening in these territories but why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the positive results that are happening down in Brazil?
2: Yeah. Yeah, very good question. Um, well, Brazil, as you probably know, um, everyone knows, it's a large, it's a big, big, big country. Um, our you know, population is really big. You know, the size of the companies as well. We have um, companies spread out all over the places. And uh, what we've been seeing over the past few years is that, especially when it comes to APNC programs, and because we now have these tracking technologies that really allow us uh, allows us to really identify, you know, the companies and where they are located and, and things related to that, we've been seeing that the economy, although it's not booming as it used to be in the past mm-hmm. and as we wanted, of course but still there are a lot of, uh, lots of uh, piracy issues down there in Brazil so a lot of uh, the market is really big uh, the opportunities you know are out there as well so it's really up to the clients the software publishers to uh, really engage companies such as Revolutics in order to to get a sense of how big is the problem locally you know in each and every country and decide which measure the companies would like to take either you know off court negotiations or litigations but my perspective is that um, really, uh, is really, is Brazil is a big market, just as, you know, I want to compare it to China, of course, but yep. yet uh, I would tell you that it is the biggest market in the region, in Latin America, for okay. sure. Uh, we go through, you know, the um, platforms, uh, Revolutix platforms, and we see how um, big is the piracy issue in Argentina, in Uruguay, uh, Portugal, in Mexico, in other countries, and if you go to Brazil, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. the number of heats yeah. that we get in Brazil. So it is a big market, and and people, uh, companies, uh, software publishers, really sh- really should uh, pay a close attention to uh, to Brazil. What I can tell you uh, something about the numbers, just to uh, for the folks, for the listeners, <clears throat> to understand how big is the market. Uh, we started out our APNC program back in 2016. Um, we were acting for, and we're still acting for, yep. uh, which is one of you know the biggest clients we have in the firm. Uh, so we start. We started out the VPP program in 2016, and uh, it was a pilot project. We only had two members in our uh, department, APNC program, and uh, now 2019 we are close to 22 people, uh, not only working for but also for many clients coming from Revolutics and Soft and Compliance Group. So um, you can see that there are lots of opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the number of hits, of hits are always increasing. And uh, in my perspective, it will not, um, you know, go down. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. No, I was just going to
1: say, when you talk to technology companies, prospective prospects that want to embark on an APNC program in Brazil... What do you tell them to be aware of?
2: Yeah. So uh, a couple of things I would like to say before, you know, answer directly your question. Um, I get a lot of questions from uh, clients uh, in the software area or in the patents, uh, trademarked area. Uh, they, go ma- they go to me and say, listen, Rafael, we want to litigate. We want to, you know, enforce our rights in Brazil. But, you know, it's so... It's so far away from us. I mean, it's a total, yeah. you know, a different reality as opposed to, let's say, Europe or United States, Japan, and etc. How strong are my rights, IP rights in Brazil? What I can tell you, and this is the right answer, uh, which I just gave after the presentation, during the, my presentation here in Paris, is that um, intellectual property rights in Brazil are fully enforceable not just software, but also patents, trademarks. We do have a very, very solid and strong um, um, IP environment and IP law as well. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to software, um, uh, software publishers publishers are allowed to file either criminal or civil actions. They're able to raid the companies, to go inspect all the computers, and uh, and also go to, to damages, really. So um, one of the things that I would like to uh, tell you, Jason, and also to listeners, is that uh, Brazil is um, is a very important market, and you should not be too much um, afraid of of engaging, you know, companies in Brazil or initiating APNC programs or even consider final litigation or fighting and and final litigation in Brazil because. Uh, it's a good opportunity as well to raise the bar and try to come up with better and higher um, agreements. Because, you know, when you litigate, uh, it means that the situation is is the worst. <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's, it's unresolvable a, at the moment. It, it, exactly, yeah. exactly. But you've
1: got some data and you've done some background checks. You know they're financially viable. Exactly. So it's a good target for many reasons. Exactly. And then if you decide that you want to use the court system because of the egregiousness of the theft or... Uh, you think the damages are worth it or whatever the, the case may be, yeah. you've got a vehicle and a judicial system that will support it.
2: Exactly, exactly. And very important for all the clients, for all the um, software publishers, a um, couple of things. First of all, as I said before, software are fully enforceable. First, point number one. Point number two, civil and criminal actions are available. Third, and this is very important because I get this a lot from the clients, foreign entities Mm-hmm. are treated the same way as domestic companies so there's no uh, difference between you know treating one company yeah, no because it is a foreign exactly yeah. exactly so so there's no big difference between companies and most importantly as well, injunctions, as opposed to what happens in the US, I just learned that in one of the presentations, injunctions to rape companies are very, very common in Brazil and very, let's say, easily granted by judges in Brazil. So mm-hmm. the only thing you have to prove when you file the complaint, uh, what we call the preliminary action, because your, your intent is actually to raid the company. You're not suing the company for damages, mm-hmm. you're just you know, securing evidence. So what you want is really for, you know, the judge to appoint a technical expert. This guy will show up one day at the company's premises, will knock on the door and say, listen, I have uh, a decision from the judge and I will have to inspect all of your computers. So it happens all the time. I would say that um, in 100% of the dozens and dozens and dozens of litigations that we have in our firm, the injunctions were granted and most importantly, the technology that we use, for example, Revolutics mm-hmm. technology where we get, you know, the MAC addresses and many information that lead us to, uh, to the infringers are uh, proved to be uh, very, very consistent. Which means that when we rate a company, we go there with a, book no- uh, with a notebook, yep. with, you know, all the Macs, mm-hmm. yep. and we check the computers that the guy has. And 100% of the cases, the Macs coming from Revolitics uh, platform are exactly the ones that we have in the facilities. Okay. Which is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, proves that the system really works. So you've got a
1: strong level of confidence when you embark yes, on a
2: raid. Exactly. That you're going to find what you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and plus, you don't have to, although, you know, your system, your platform shows us the infringement uh, in order to file any kind of lawsuit in Brazil, this kind of lawsuit to raid companies. You um, don't have to, to be 100% sure. You can have merely a suspicion that the guy is infringing on okay. company's rights. So the so burden of is proof enough. is a little lower. Exactly. Okay. So that is enough for the judge to grant the injunction and allow you to raid the computers.
1: Okay. And you've mentioned damages a couple times. You know, what could a client expect from a damages point of view in Brazil?
2: All right. This is a very good question because we get this a lot of uh, as well. I'm sure. For, people love damages. We love damages, that's right. Um, in Brazil, um, the Superior Court of Justice, this is something that you know the jurisprudence over the past 20 years um, has built a system according to which, and this is part of the uh, Superior Court of Justice decisions, um, when it comes to software infringement, copyright infringement, especially copyright, the damages are calculated uh, range from 5 to 10 times the license price of each infringing seat that the court expert found when he was raiding the company. Okay. So, for instance, um, we raided this com- uh, this company today. We found the court expert found uh, let's say ten illegal seats. So, if we do not do not sell the case until the end of the litigation, and if we the judge accepts our arguments, and he will probably he he probably will because you know we have the evidence of sure. the violation. The guy, the company will have to pay ten times, from five to ten times, uh, the number of seats that the 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 court expert found. So it's a lot of money, and it's a good opportunity to really show to the infringer that hey, you were caught. If you do not settle with us right now or within the next few, I don't know, weeks, etc., the bill will be much stronger, much higher.
1: That's really good to hear. I mean, those are strong penalties for a country that I think most people don't realize is willing to enforce at that
2: level. Sure. Exactly.
1: Okay, just to pivot slightly here, because I did have the privilege of watching your presentation uh, a short time ago. Talk to me a little bit about Internet service providers, because right. you know, there's certainly lots of customers out there that have compliance programs. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of those that do not. But for those that are just looking to see what is the overall market opportunity, maybe once you get past some of the low-hanging fruit cases,
2: right.
1: what are these other avenues with ISPs that uh, compliance programs can can um, embark upon?
2: Yes, thank you. This is a very good question. And what happens is the following. I mean, we started, and I'm pretty sure that most of the uh, software publishers and also the uh, partners, I mean, the law firms have been facing the very same kind of issue that we are facing right now in 2019 in Brazil. So we started, like, like I said previously, we started out this APNC program back in 2016. So it was a blue ocean. I mean, yep. huge, you know, whales and big fishes and so on. Because no one for those specific clients had never... Tried to reach out to the companies, you know to negotiate and so on. So people were just using software. That's okay Nothing's <laughs> gonna happen. You know, I will not be so had no I'm... idea you were coming. Exactly <laughs> Exactly, so um, I've never been bothered. So I'm gonna continue to use the software. Why why would I have to change that? Okay? That's that that's the situation. So after one two or three years after you know fishing And uh, getting some very, very big fishes, whales, and sharks, and etc. Now, in 2000, I mean, after almost four years, the situation, the ocean is completely uh, different from what it was initially. Mm -hmm. So, um, what we are seeing is that, um, and this is a scent that we get from Revolutics, from the software publishers as well. There's a lot of information that, unfortunately, we still, for technical reasons, I believe, we aren't able to really link to the companies, to the individuals that have been using illegal copies of the softwares. I mean, it's like an iceberg. Uh, That was the picture that I mentioned that I showed in my presentation. So you have the top uh, above the the seawater, and uh, that's where we are. I mean, this is the information that we get from... Uh, the yeah. platforms, right? Yeah.
1: The really good leads are above the water. Exactly. Underneath exactly. the water is lots of interesting data at massive volumes that, for whatever reason, isn't quite ready to
2: pursue yet. You? Yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for this um, huge uh, set of, of of data, which unfortunately until this point um, are we are not uh, we are unable to to link to to companies and to individuals. Uh, the strategy that we built in Brazil, in my law firm, was to engage, to contact ISPs, uh, Internet Service Providers. And how is that? And most of the jurisdictions nowadays have Internet laws. That's what we have in Brazil as well. This mm-hmm. is a, a law that was passed in 2015 uh, called the Brazilian Internet Law, which states that um, Internet Service Providers have the obligation to keep use logs for up to 12 months. Okay. If they do not keep these logs for 12 months, they will be in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the ISPs, the internet service providers have to keep these logs, you know, under secret and can only disclose this information upon a court order. So what we did was, well, now my clients have a lot of information coming from Rebolytics. We are sending the letters. We are negotiating. Okay, that's fine. But what about the other set of information? Huge, you know, tons of information that we aren't able to get to the point, yep. to the targets. So what we did was uh, it was a pilot, you know, lawsuit, a pilot project for. <laughs> we filed the case before uh, the Brazilian state courts against a local and very tiny internet service provider because at this point in time we didn't want to get into a big litigation against yeah. a huge you know ISP. you want to test the model exactly yeah let's test the model mm. so we filed this complaint against the company uh it's a company called De- uh, desktop we uh got the injunction the judge ordered uh, desktop the inf- uh, not the fridge but the, the you know the isp to disclose the information and that's what they we did. That's what they did. So they presented. I believe that within 15 days or something like that, they presented hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of information and information. Very good quality information. I'm talking about the uh, name of the company that used the software, mm-hmm. um, the individuals. I mean the accounts. You know, with the email address. Sometimes even the phone uh, phone call uh, phone number and and many other information about the uh, geo localization yep. you know of the company and so on so with all this set of new information very valuable information we were able to generate many many more leads which means that we were able to uh, also close other deals as well yep, so more
1: cases more volume more data that was all just hidden behind this isp exactly, for whatever exactly, reason exactly exactly
2: yeah. and, and and my um, this is something that I that I mentioned in my presentation uh, in the final minutes of my presentation is really to uh, for the publishers for the software publishers to consider at least in Brazil this opportunity this avenue because uh, we not only have this very good uh, case law precedent for a software company uh, and many more will come sure. I'm definitely sure but um, if these companies are really considering to initiate Launch in Brazil, APNC programs, let's not just follow, you know, the regular avenue, which is, you know, to send the season on disease letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes even consider the litigation, you know, lawsuit for damages and so on. But also, if you guys want to increase the number of leads, <laughs> let's also think about other alternatives. And this is a good one yeah, in Brazil. very strategic. It is. Yeah, I
1: mean, this sounds like there's really good things happening in Brazil. I mean, the economy is certainly not the strongest in the world, but it's strong enough. It and is. with some research and development and understanding who the infringers are, you can start to embark on a journey that has some of the traditional methods, which you've stated, right. of cease and desist and amicable engagements and, and turnover. But if you want to be more strategic and look at the territory and look at the judicial system, there's a lot of support there for these software vendors to make a lot absolutely. of money.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And really just recover the revenue that's just being lost and has been lost for many, many years now. Exactly. And it shouldn't
2: be. Exactly, Yeah. exactly.
1: So thank you so much for joining today. I think this has been great. It was a pleasure to see you in Paris and have you present to a lot of our clients and prospects here. If you want more information on his firm, look him up on LinkedIn. Look him up uh, on his website. His name is uh, Rafael Amaral. He works for Casnar Leonardos. Thank you for joining Piracy Impact.
2: All right, thank you so much.
1: Okay, take care.
0: All right, bye-bye. This has been episode number 10 of the Piracy Impact podcast from Revlytics with your hosts, Jason Swan and me, Michael Goff. Special thanks to Rafael Amaral from Brazilian IP law firm Casnar Leonardo's for joining us, and thank you for listening. We appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. Adding a rating and review helps other software license compliance professionals find our podcast. You can also continue the conversation on social media. Please follow us on Twitter, at Revlytics, and share your comments and questions with hashtag piracyimpact. You can also learn more about Revuelytics and how we've supported customers' compliance programs, generate more than $2.4 billion in new license revenue since 2010 at www.revuelytics.com.